I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, this is the show where I talk to fellow actors about crazy audition stories, and we have a great time remembering the hardships that we've all encountered in this crazy, wonderful life that we have chosen as artists. And hey, if you like it, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it right now. You can also follow us on social media. Those links are down there in those show notes that are on your phone. And uh, we post some really fun graphics, and you get to see some exclusive video clips from the interview on our IGTV. So go to our Instagram, hit that follow button, and check out the videos. Today on the show, we have Shannon Dang. She is on the brand new hit series on CW, Kung Fu, and we have a really heartfelt and enlightening talk. She tells me about her uh, audition process for Kung Fu and another great audition story. So here is my conversation with Shannon Dang. Hey. Uh -oh. <laughs> Technology. Technology. Oh, man. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Miss Shannon Dang. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. How are you doing? 
Pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, nice to finally have a little heat in LA. Are you in Los Angeles mm-hmm. or are you in New York? I am. Okay. No, I'm in Los Angeles right now. And I know it's so silly. Like, why am I wearing this jacket? But I thought <laughs> it would add a nice pop of color. But <laughs> in here, there's AC. So it's justified. Exactly. Exactly. I know. It's nice. I feel like I might want to go for a swim here soon, which is cool. Oh. Like, is it really summer again? I know. I it's know. kind of one of the... It, you love the heat and then when it gets too hot you're like can it please be fall already like I want my boots (laughs) totally um so everybody knows you right now as an incredible incredible character on the CW's Kung Fu which is so remarkable um I love the show and I think your character is just so absolutely fun um it's just It's so nice to see that type of representation on CW. Obviously, it's something that should have been done several years earlier, but I'm glad we're here now, and I'm glad that there's a show out there like Kung Fu. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, I would say it's like a surreal experience. Everything happened so fast. We started this whole pilot process back in February 2020, Mm -hmm. and at the time, I remember getting the audition sides and I was like, whoa, like they're looking for a cast full of Asians. You mean not just one of us? And so like right away, I was like, I have to be part of this project. And then everything that's been happening this year, it only became more apparent that this show is coming at an impeccable uh, time right now. And so it's been surreal. It's been very rewarding. And I'm me along with my cast. We're happy to have this project out there and give representation and a glimpse into the Asian American perspective. It's been really nice. And I think it's, it's obviously so important. It's obviously very needed and it must feel, I don't know. It must feel so cool to be able to be a part of something that feels so big. You said that perfectly. Yes. I think that's also another reason why our cast gets along so well and there's this foundation of family and support because we all know that this is bigger than ourselves Um, exactly like what I was saying when we got the audition and they're casting or full a cast full of Asians and even during the testing process when you walk in and everyone is Asian you're like whoa okay like all of a sudden there was no competition it was just like this is such an amazing thing. Whoever they cast, like, we're just happy that this is out there, that they're creating a project like this. So it's it's been really special. Oh, you're going to make me cry a little bit. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, good thing maybe no one will see it because you know, <laughs> okay. this is audio. <laughs> okay, it's fine. It's cool. Um, but I also read, and this is kind of a fun connection, that your grandfather was in the original Kung Fu. Say what? Yes. Yes, I know. It's so funny because I didn't find out till the week we premiered. Okay, so back in the day, I know, right? So back in the day, um, my great-grandfather and his family were one of the first families in Los Angeles, Chinatown. So Mm. my grandpa was just a little boy. But back in the day when Hollywood was looking for Asian or Chinese people to be in their movies, and, you know, back then they weren't casting Asian people to be principal actors, unless you were a martial artist. So it was all background people. So that's how my grandpa got started out. And then fast forward, he was in Kung Fu. Didn't tell me until the week of our (laughs) premiere when a family member sent me a screenshot of his photo next to David Carradine. And I was like, wait, 
what what and he goes yeah it was in kung fu and i was like why did you tell us he goes i didn't think it was that big of a deal but he's so proud that it the reimagining is here now with an asian female lead and a predominantly asian american cast and for him to see that 180 and that serendipitous moment of his granddaughter now in the cast it's just it's so cool and he watches every wednesday night he's so proud <laughs> Oh my gosh, Grandpa holding the tea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Holding wow. out on us. <laughs> so your grandfather was in the industry. How did you get started? Is, is it something you grew up around and decided that, hey, I need to do this too? Or what was the deciding factor for you? So I think I was more uh, kind of brought into it I you know when you're younger you don't know what you want to do or what you mm-hmm. like um because my grandpa and then my grandma and then it trickled down into my mom and dad and their like cousins relatives they would just <laughs> do fun stuff in Chinatown whenever uh they Hollywood was making movies or whatever um they could just be there and everything so then when they had us, me and like my brother and my cousins, the younger generation, they all wanted us to go into the entertainment business, which is pretty rare for Asian American culture. You know, usually there's that typical, you know, pushing you towards education and school, lawyer, doctor, right. you know, whatever that may be. But ever since I was little, I remember I was being taken on auditions and I didn't know there were auditions. I just thought it was called an interview. And you just go there <laughs> starting out in commercials and they'd be like, mm, like oatmeal or like run here and what's your name? And then I would book all this work and I didn't know it was work. Um, but right. I grew up loving dance and performing and my mm. mom uh, and dad always put me in performing arts camps and uh, dance studios and my dad took me to all my auditions so I kind of just grew up loving performing uh, I was a professional dancer for a while I uh, did Dang. three seasons I, yeah it is my first love I did three seasons dancing with the Los Angeles Clippers for the NBA and then three seasons with the NFL Los Angeles Rams. Mm -hmm. All of this while I was kind of sort of deciding to get back into acting once I graduated college because for a while I just kind of stopped because, you know, you get older and you're like self-conscious. Wait, I don't like rejection. Uh, I don't think this is what I want to do. So I took a step. Then I went back to dancing and then I graduated college and I was like, I want to go back. And then fast forward, here I am. Wow. So what um when you graduated college, were you living in LA still? Did you go to college in LA or were you living somewhere else? I went to college um UC Riverside. So it's like okay. about 45 minutes east of the, uh, downtown. I know. I was like, Northeast South. I don't know my Which directions. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> over there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am not a compass. That's what my phone is for. Right? Right? Uh, you're not alone. <laughs> um, so I was going to school and that's when I was dancing. So I would drive all the way from Riverside to Ooh. the Staples Center in downtown and do that. But it was when I studied abroad my senior year and realized, wow, what am I going to do after? And I think it was, I'll never forget, like riding on a train through Germany and seeing like the fields and just so many different lifestyles of happiness 
Mm. and a way of living. And I was like, wait, there's not just one way, one path. I could be happy doing anything. It's like what you make of it. And I was like, well, why don't I just do what I want and take that risk? I thought I was going to go into Mm. um, my degree was in marketing business. I thought I was going to do that and or real estate. (laughs) 180. (laughs) So that's when I decided (laughs) I'm just going to go for it. It sounds though like you had built that that inner faith that you were missing when you were in college, when you had taken the break from acting. You you had built that inner faith again of saying, I'm going to trust my gut. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but I'm going to try. Yes. Th- at that point, it was like, well, life's too short. I'm going to try it. <laughs> and if not, you know, thankfully my – my parents and grandparents, all my family and friends are still in Los Angeles. So I feel like I had a lot of support to like, you know, yes, I'm going to live at my parents' house for a while and milk that free rent until they kick me out. And so, you know, that also helped uh, me pursue (laughs) my acting career because I don't know how I would have paid rent and then also, you know, pursued that and ended up like, quote, quote, making it. I don't know. Um, It's so difficult, but my family and friends have been everything. That is so wonderful to hear. I know I, I, my family is in LA too. And that's always been such a, a plus as an actor, as an artist, because so many people move from somewhere else in the country and they don't have that, that familial support system. And it's so difficult. So to have that, and especially to have your entire family there and people who are supportive of the arts is like freaking like striking gold. Oh, I, it's, I feel so lucky. Not many people can say that. And it just, it warms my heart and makes this process and this journey even that much more rewarding, I would say. It's for them. It's for my family. I always tell them, thank you, mom and dad, for not putting me on the streets and letting me live my dreams. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. I love that so much. Um, So you you come back to L.A. doing the thing. What is like the first project that you booked that you that you think like, oh, hey, I think I'm on the right track. I think I'm going to get there. Ooh, okay. First project, right track. Um, I think it was my first role on um, the Romanoffs. Mm. And I remember I was uh, opposite Diane Lane. And I remember she was, oh, you're telling me. She was as beautiful as ever and so classy and gracious. And I literally remember all day thinking, I can't believe I'm here and like speaking to you. I can't believe I'm acting with you right now. (laughs) And uh, I know uh, I don't need, uh, okay. So the director and producer was Matthew Weiner. And uh, I remember meeting him and he was like, hey, Shannon, come here. He pulled me aside uh, during in between takes, and he was like, "Are you trained?" And I was thinking, "What do you mean trained?" Oh, like, and then I realized maybe classically trained, <laughs> and I was like, uh, "Uh, I go to acting classes, yes." And he goes, "Let me tell you something. You're gonna be a TV star one day." And I literally, my mouth dropped, and I was like, <gasps> "You." <laughs> are telling me this oh my gosh I like had nothing to say I was just like oh my gosh 
thank thank you so much and i didn't want to be like one of those you know like oh look she's gonna cry because she's so <laughs> so amateur and like thank you so much you know i'm like fangirling over here inside dying melting but i just remember taking that away and i think that was in 2018 where i was like whoa like this feels right being here mm. uh being seen by someone who was so experienced uh he was the showrunner director everything for the romanovs and um i was just like wow i think i'm on the right path i this feels so right and to get that validation and to be seen in that moment uh it was a very big keep going for me yeah yeah, it's interesting that you use those words too to be seen because it's just like as actors, sure, we're seen by so many people all the time. Mm-hmm, we send mm-hmm, in tapes, mm-hmm. we do all these things, we're seen. But it's like to actually be be told that it's working, that what you're doing is working is like it it's just worth so much. Because mm-hmm, you just mm-hmm. never know. When you're when you're a creative person, it's like you don't know that what you're doing is working is meaningful you can't see your own face when you're acting Mm -mm. and to be told that to be seen in that way it's just like oh my gosh it's the best feeling I will never forget that it was just such a high and like you said like to be seen you're right (laughs) I'm getting chills and emotion uh just thinking and reliving that telling that story for you (laughs) are you ready to shop Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. 
And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. I love that, though. It's just, it's such a special, um, it's a special thing to be told that you're doing good. It really is. It really is. Mm -hmm. So you do the Romanovs. And then when did you do Sorry for Your Loss? Did you do that after or before? Sorry for Your Loss was after. Mm -hmm. So there Um, you go. He was right. uh, (laughs) uh, But I, and I'll never forget Kelly. I met Kelly Marie Tran and she Mm. was so sweet. And I think the first day I met her, and it was in between takes and she goes, you know what? You're the second Asian female that they've hired on the show. Like finally, because at the time mm. it just wasn't happening. And so to get that from her, I already had looked up to her and I was like, way to go. You know, anytime you see, um, Anytime I see an Asian actress, I'm like, go, sis. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing it for us all. Uh, mm-hmm. And so for her to also see and, like, felt like she reached out a hand to me, it meant so much. Oh, that is so sweet. I love that. I, I feel like this is a very emotional episode, but that's okay. Oh, my gosh. I know. It's lots of feels. All the feels. <laughs> All the feels. Um, So you, I mean, obviously you've been, you've been doing a lot of things. You've been, you've been working on a lot of great, amazing shows and now you have Kung Fu, but there has to have been some ones leading up to this that were not always a great outcome. And on this show, we like to share those stories. So do you have any audition stories you would like to share with the audience? Okay. I have two. Uh, One of them was probably my most traumatic audition story. And then I can go into my Kung Fu audition story. So it'll be a nice little balance. (laughs) So emotional uh, roller coaster. Everybody be ready. It is. It is. I don't even know if it's that traumatic, but I, I think it's, (laughs) I still get goosebumps thinking, oh my God, oh my God. So it was, I don't even remember. It might've been back in like 2017 when I had first started really auditioning and it was for, uh, I won't say what show, but it was for something for ABC and it was a young adult drama series, you know, take your pick. (laughs) And it was for a recurring (laughs) guest, I believe. And like, that was like my first recurring guest star audition. I was like, oh my gosh, like, wow, this is a big deal. So of course there's like three three audition scenes, you know, each of them shows a different side of the character. And then the last scene is this dramatic one where by the end of the scene, my character is crying about, I don't even remember Mm. what it was, but I remember being like, oh my gosh, 
uh, okay, like how am I supposed to, like in an audition or in person, like you got one shot, (laughs) you know, to make that happen. And then, you know, self tape, it's like, okay, you'll warm it up. You'll film that third scene over and over again until you feel like you can hit that. But um, at the time I didn't really have the experience to get my emotions at that point when I needed it to be Mm. fast forward, you know, in Kung Fu, I'm crying like every episode and those, (laughs) those like are authentic. And like, I I think I got that, um, under my belt, but at the time I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I had actor friends that were like, there's this thing called a tear stick. And I was like, a tear stick. What's that? And apparently uh, they'd say it's like menthol, but for actors and you just put it in your eyes and then you'll just start to cry. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. Why have I not heard of this? Um, And I was like, well, how do you do it? Like in the audition room, like they're watching you. And they're like, you just put a little bit on your like sides in the staple. And then when it comes that time, when you have to do that scene, you know, and they tell you to take a moment, you just, you know, just quickly put it in your eyes real quick and pretend you're doing something else. And I was like, oh, okay. Sounds easy. So I buy a tear stick, never tried it before. Warning, don't do that. Test this stuff out. So I, I have a tear stick and I, I, in the waiting room, I like put a little bit on my stapler and my sides. I'm like, Ooh, this is going to be so good. Like I've got this. So I do my first two scenes. I was like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Who knows? Maybe not. Um, Then it's my third scene and it's the emotional one. And it's just crying by the end. You know, you don't start out emotional. It's just a completely different turn for the 180. And then it's third scene and the casting director is like, okay, so whenever you're ready. And I like, I'm so nonchalant. I'm like, okay, will you just give me a sec? And then I turn around. So from the back, it looks like I'm just doing this like actor prepares, like, (laughs) oh, here I go. But they don't know that I'm like, have the menthol in my fingertips and like poking my eye, getting it ready. And I'm like, okay, I don't know when I'm supposed to tear up, but I just like turn around and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. But then the camera something happens and she's like, oh, wait, can you give me a second? And so she has to like, I don't know whether it stopped recording or it ran out of space or something, but she was like, oh, dang it. And then she like takes the camera and she's fixing it. Meanwhile, I'm standing there with the sides in my hands and my eyes start watering profusely. Again, I didn't practice this. And it just started tearing waterworks out of my eyes and I haven't even started the freaking scene yet and I'm like wait no no and I start like looking up trying to fan my eyes and looking dramatic as heck and I like see the casting director she's still fiddling with the camera I was like oh my god can we please just start already because I can't hold this anymore so we finally start and like she sees me full-on like waterworks already going I'm not even making like any emotional crying like dialogue yet I'm just doing the scene. And I remember thinking, oh my God, like I was so in my head because I was like, I'm not supposed to cry yet. I'm not supposed to cry yet. And I'm here I am waterworks bawling. So like that whole scene was probably like the longest 45 seconds of my entire life. (laughs) Can I just stop? And can you just tell me I'm good to go home now? So I just cry the entire scene and I just stop. And like at the end of the scene, I'm just like, Thank you. And I'm like real crying at that point because I'm just so mortified. (laughs) And um, I leave. And needless to say, I have never used a tear stick after that ever. 
because I was like, I don't never again. Wow. (laughs) That, uh, I've never even heard of a tear stick. Um, so this is news to me as well. And wow. Zuh. Yeah. (laughs) It's not, um, uh, don't underestimate it. I hear sometimes it doesn't work for people though. Like I've asked other people, like, have you used a tear stick before? They're like, it doesn't work on me. Like somehow like people's tear ducts are different. I don't know. But uh, for Kung Fu, I cry all the time. And I will say that I do not use a tear stick. Those, those are authentic feelings and emotions that I let, you know, pour out. Cause. Heck yeah. But I mean, at least you, (laughs) at least you learned your lesson. And if you're going to use it, try it out beforehand as we now know mm-hmm. now no, yeah yeah it's just not wasn't worth it <laughs> honestly though that is a flipping hysterical audition story yep yeah that's one i'll never forget <laughs> that's for sure <laughs> wow 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 okay and then you you said you wanted to share your kung fu audition story too so give oh, it yes, to that us one- that one's a little um, less, uh, that's a little more anticlimactic. But um, yes, I actually originally <laughs> auditioned for the lead, Nikki Shen, which is played by oh. Olivia Lang. Love her. And at the time, it was like kung fu. And I was like, oh gosh, this means I need to know martial, art, mar- l- 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 martial arts. And I was like, dang it, <laughs> I don't. I'm a dancer, but you know. And then it says, oh, must be fluent in Mandarin. And I was like, ah. Ooh, I might be like elementary, but I had a Mandarin tutor in case I ever needed to uh, have dialogue translated. So I get it translated and I'm like, great, I can do this. And, you know, worst comes to worst. I practice all the time. And like I have pretty good inflections, I would say, because I did study it. But like I'm pretty much don't know what I'm saying at this point. So I go in and I was like, it's okay. Like the casting director, Jennifer Cooper, love her, um, you know, probably doesn't understand Mandarin either. So she won't notice the difference. So Shannon, Uh-oh. you just have to own it. So I'll never forget. I go in and in the opening scene for the first audition scene is this like monologue of Mandarin. And it's, she's like stoic and she's, it's in the pilot. If you see it, it's the part where she's like looking over the mountains with her Shifu and it's like supposed to be ooh, mm. serene, serene. And I start saying the Mandarin and something just flips in my head where I was like, I have lost it. I do not know what comes next. <gasps> so I just start saying random things in like Mandarin that I know. Like I probably said like, Hello, my name is Shannon. I like to dance and like, I like green tea, like random (laughs) Mandarin that I was pulling out of my butt um, because I forgot what I was supposed to say. And I just remember being like, if I just own this part, she'll never notice. And I, and I kept clocking the casting director, seeing if like she noticed. And she was like, totally straight face, like very intrigued in what I was saying. I was like, oh, she doesn't know anything. It's okay. okay." But I remember just like stopping mid Mandarin. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm just going to stop here. And then we followed the rest of the scene in English. But that was when she was like, you know, on second thought, why don't you try her sister for the role of Althea? Come back next week. And I was like, oh my God, thank you so much because that was like the worst (laughs) audition ever. And like this character Althea here, I can totally see myself as. And then yes, the rest is history. 
it was it was super fun. <laughs> That's awesome. It's not very often that um that casting directors do that where they're like, you know what, you're not good for this one, but I do want to see you in this role, so come back. It's like mm -hmm. it's a major, you know, get to be able to do that in in the room because obviously you showed her something that she liked. Yes, I had auditioned for her um multiple times before for different projects, which is another reason why I also would like to say, like, just keep going to those auditions. Even if, like, casting directors, like, you're like, oh, why am I going into this room again? They never book me on anything. Do it. Because you never know, like, each time they see you is there's something in mind for the future. And so, like, this is, like, the fifth mm -hmm. time I had gone in for uh, this room. And so to be seen and be like, wow, okay, but, like, let's try this. It just felt like all of a sudden everything in the past, like, had been for a reason. Every time I had gone in to that room, mm. it meant something. Wow. That's so cool. And now you have the role and it's going. And are you guys still filming right now or are you on hiatus? Um, we are on hiatus. It was like, this process has been so, I would say like, what is this? An emotional roller coaster yet so fast. <laughs> Yeah, like we started in February. So that was February 2020 when we had first been auditioning for this pilot. Mm -hmm. And then right away when we like went to Canada real quick, like I had to flip my life for the pilot. And I remember it was the fourth day of filming when COVID, oh, that's another thing. So COVID was kind of happening, happening during the audition process, but it was kind of in a distance. People mm. weren't really talking about it in the US and maybe it wasn't so serious. Not gonna lie, I think I had COVID during the audition process, the, the callbacks, because I was deathly sick. By the time it was like the third round of oh network God. testing, I was like, I can't, I could barely walk. I know at the time I thought it was just a flu and I was like high off of Benadryl um, at my network test because I was like, I, I was chills, achy, everything. I, oh my gosh. I don't even know how I pulled it off. And I remember uh, asking my reps, I was like, should I tell them that I'm sick? And then they're like, no, it's fine. Usually don't people that. don't like to hear. Yeah, people don't like to hear that you're sick because they don't want you coming to the room and infesting all of them. But at the time, it was like already testing process. So I was like, well, I got to suck it up. So I like was on like Advil, Benadryl, like high on life. So I felt great. But then in the last testing <laughs> process, like I swear I like left the room and I like collapsed. I was like, oh my God, thank God it's over. And now the rest is up to like, up to God, like you, I did yeah. the best that I could. And then that's when I booked it. But fast forward, March, wow. we were four days of filming and then we got shut down. It was Friday the 13th, of course, all days, Friday the 13th. We get a call saying, oh, oh production, we're, we have to stop filming um, due to COVID. Everyone is going to go home for two weeks, two weeks, air quotes, yeah. and uh, be the back. We'll be back. No problem. I remember crying on the phone, be like, of course, my biggest job yet. And of course, there's a global pandemic and I have to go home because we're being shut down. It's never going to happen. So then you just get flown back um, <laughs> before the borders cross. And then for all of March, all the way to uh, throughout the summer, our cast was just in group texts 
just figuring out, okay, so when's it going to happen? We didn't have a, mm. uh, a full pilot to show for upfronts. Um, everything was just on pause. And miraculously, they decided to green light um, our show off four days of filming because all we did was give them a teaser. And we were like, whoa, this is real. And then fast forward, we come back in September 2020, finish the pilot and then do 13 episodes, wrap in April end of April. And I believe we aired April 7th and then wrapped April 28th. So we premiered and wrapped and I moved out all in three weeks. It was like the most whirlwind thing ever. Um, And it was like full of press and like everyone, there was so much stuff going on. It's, I feel like I'm finally like, as you can hear it in my voice, I'm like (laughs) still coming down from all the whirlwind. So now wow. I'm on hiatus. Now you're on hiatus. <laughs> Have you guys been told whether or not you're being picked up for a second season yet? Yes, we are coming back for season two. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We're so excited. Uh, we did. Uh, we have great ratings. And I think um, we were, what did they say about our premiere? It was like the highest viewed ratings for a Wednesday night show on the CW in over seven years. So Dang. that was exciting. Wow. I know. And so it, it's funny because uh, usually CW, uh, the fans are great, uh, but it's for a certain demographic. Like my mom and my grandparents would never watch shows on the CW. Right. And so, but right. because it's an Asian American cast. And like, this is uh, one of the very first of its kind. There's so much support coming from the entire community that I think that's why we're just like, wow, like this is surreal. We can't believe people and multi-generational families are watching our show and, and loving it and seeing themselves in it. And so it's been so rewarding and surreal all at the same time. Oh, that is so exciting, and I am so stoked that you guys got a season two, and everyone needs to be watching it um, because it's. I think it's a super important show that's going to go down in history books for sure. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> one one can hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, and where so can much. people follow you on social media to to keep up with all of your things? Ooh, um, well, I'm ma- mainly on Instagram at Shannon Nikki Dang. I do dabble in the Twitter, uh, but that's a whole other tw- game at, at the Twitter <laughs> at Shannon Nikki D. Uh, and yeah, I should probably get back into TikTok, but like this is just a crazy world out there. And I was like, I, I'm not tech savvy <laughs> enough for this, for sure. <laughs> It's that's it's a whole thing. I still am trying to figure out how you find what's trending. I don't know what, how you do that, but we'll, we'll oh, figure it I out know. one day, I guess. It just plays forever and ever. And the next next thing you know, it's like been an hour on TikTok and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. Where did my yeah. day go? <laughs> Went out the window. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Shannon. It was a pleasure to talk to you and get to know you. And I'm so excited to see what you do next because you're clearly on the track to stardom. So I'm stoked to know you. Whenever you want to come back, come on back. Jillian, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. It's been so fun. (laughs) Thank you again to Shannon Dang for coming on the show and chatting it up with me. And thank you to everybody who is listening. I am so enjoying doing the show and meeting new people. And it's just been a true, true 
blessing and a great honor. So thank you so much for for tuning in. Make sure to tell your friends about the podcast and leave us some love wherever you're listening to it. And as always, thanks for coming in. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.